Most of the sages were well over 100 and they showed no signs of slowing down. And just last week I read in the paper about a group of people living on the tiny islands of Okinawa in the East China Sea. Researchers are flocking to the island because they are fascinated by the fact that it holds the largest concentration of centenarians in the world. What have they learned? That a vegetarian diet is one of their main longevity secrets. But is this type of diet healthy? You wouldn't think that it would give you much strength. Remember, I'm still a busy educator, Julian. This is the diet that nature intended. It is a life quietly and supremely healthy. The sages have lived by this diet for many thousands of years. They call it a stavic or pure diet. And as to your concern about strength, the most powerful animals on the planet ranging from gorillas to elephants were the batch of pure proud vegetarians. Did you know that a gorilla has about 30 times the strength of a man? Thanks for that important tidbit of information. Look, the sages are not extreme people. All of their wisdom was based on the ageless principle that one must live a life of moderation and do nothing to extremes. So if you like meat, you can certainly keep eating it. Just remember that you're ingesting dead food. If you can, cut back on the amount of red meat that you eat. It is really hard to digest and since your digestive system is one of the most energy-consuming processes of your entire body, valuable energy reserves are needless depleted, needlessly depleted by this food stuff. Do you see what I'm getting at? Just compare how you feel after eating a steak with your energy levels after eating a salad. If you don't want to become a strict vegetarian, at least start having a salad with every meal and fruit for dessert. Even this will make a huge difference in the quality of your physical life. That doesn't mean, that doesn't seem like it would be too hard to do, I replied. I've been hearing a lot about the power of a largely vegetarian diet. Just last week, Jenny told me about a study in Finland where it was found that 38% of new vegetarians studied reported that they felt far less tired and much more alerted, alert after only 7 months of this new way of life. I should try eating a salad with every meal. Looking at you, Julian, I might even make the salad the meal. Try it for about a month and judge the results for yourself. You will feel phenomenal. Okay, it's good enough for the sages. It's good enough for me. I promise you I will give it a shot. It doesn't sound like too much of a stretch. And anyway, I'm getting pretty tired of firing up the barbecue every night. If I sold you on the ritual of live nourishment, I think you will love the fourth one. Your student is still holding his empty cup. The fourth ritual is known as the ritual of abundant living. It centers on the whole notion of live lifelong learning and expanding your knowledge based for the good of yourself and all those around you. The old knowledge is power idea? It involves far more than that, John. Knowledge is only potential power for the power to be manifested. It must be applied. Most people know what they should do in any given situation or in their life lives for that matter. The problem is that they don't take daily consistent action in applying the knowledge and realize <coughs> their dreams. The ritual of abundant knowledge is all about becoming a student of life. Even more importantly, it requires that you use what you have learned in the classroom of your existence. What did Yogi Raman and the other sages do to live their ritual? They had many sub-rituals that they performed on a daily basis on a tribute to the ritual of abundant living. One of the most important strategies is also one of the easiest. You can even start doing it day- today. It won't take up too much time, will it? Julian smiled. These techniques, tools and tips I am sharing with you will make you more productive and effective than you have ever been. 
Don't be penny-wise, pound foolish. Consider those who stay, who say that they do not have the time to back up their computers because they are too busy working on them. Yet when those machines crash and months of important work is lost, they regret not investing a few moments a day in saving it. Do you see my point? Get my priority straight. Exactly. Try not to live your life bound by the shackles of your schedule. Instead, focus on those things that your conscience and your heart tells you to do. When you invest yourself and start to devote yourself in raising your mind, body and character to their highest levels, you will almost feel as if you have a personal navigator inside you, telling you which things you must do to see the greatest and the most rewarding results. You will stop worrying about your clock and start living your life. Point well taken. So what is that simple sub-ritual you were about to teach me, I asked. Read regularly. Read for 30 minutes a day. Reading for 30 minutes a day will do wonders for you. But I must caution you, do not read just anything. You must be very selective about what you put into the lush garden of your mind. It must be immensely nourishing. Make it something that will improve both you and the quality of your life. What did the sages read? They spent many of their waking moments reading and rereading the ancient techniques of their ancestors. They devoured this philosophical literature. I still remember seeing these wonderful-looking people seated on their little bamboo chairs, reading their strangely born books with the subtle smiles of enlightenment unfolding across their lips. It was in Shivana that I really learned the power of the book and the principle that a book is the best of best friend of the wise. So, I should start reading every good book I can get my hands on. Yes and no came the reply. I would never tell you not to read as many books as you can. But remember, some books are meant to be tasted, some books are meant to be chewed and some, and finally, some are meant to be swallowed whole. Which brings me to the another point. You feeling hungry? No, John. Julian laughed. I simply want to tell you that, you, that to truly get the best out of a great book, you must study it. Not just read it. Go through it as you do when you read those contracts your big clients bring to you for your legal option. Opinion. Really consider it. Work with it. Become one with it. The sages who would read many of the books of wisdom in their vast library 10 or 15 times. They treated good books as scriptures, holy documents of divine and origin. Woof. Reading is really that important. 30 minutes a day will make a delightful difference in your life because you will quickly start to see the vast reserves of knowledge available for your use. Every answer to every problem you have ever faced is in print. If you want to be a better lawyer, father, friend or lover, these are the books out there that will rocket you to those goals. All the mistakes you have ever made have been walked by people before. Do you really think that the challenges you are facing are unique to you? I never thought about it, Julian, but I see what you are saying and I know you are right. All the problems anyone has ever faced and will ever face over the course of their lifetime has already been made, Julian asserted. More importantly, the answers and solutions are all recorded on the pages of the books. Read the book, write books, learn how those who have preceded you Proceeded, you have handled the challenges you are currently facing. Apply the strategies for success and you will be astonished by the improvements you will note in your life. What exactly are the right books? I asked, quickly realizing that Julian's point was an excellent one. I will leave that to your good judgment, my friend. Personally, since I have returned from East, I spend the better part of my days reading biographies of the men and women I have come to admire and a great deal of the wisdom literature. 
Any titles you could recommend to an eager young viewer, I said, flashing a broad grin. It involves far more than that, John. Knowledge is only potential power for the power to be manifested. It must be applied. Most people know what they should do in any given situation or in their life lives for that matter. The problem is that they don't take daily consistent action in applying the knowledge and realize <coughs> their dreams. The ritual of abundant knowledge is all about becoming a student of life. Even more importantly, it requires that you use what you have learned in the classroom of your existence. What did Yogi Raman and the other sages do to live their ritual? They had many sub-rituals that they performed on a daily basis on a tribute to the ritual of abundant living. One of the most important strategies is also one of the easiest. You can even start doing it day, today. It won't take up too much time, will it? Julian smiled. These techniques, tools and tips I'm sharing with you will make you more productive and effective than you have ever been. Don't be penny-wise, pound foolish. Consider those who, stay, who say that they do not have the time to back up their computers because they are too busy working on them. Yet when those machines crash and... Months of important work is lost. They regret not investing a few moments a day in saving it. Do you see my point? Get my priorities straight. Exactly. Try not to live your life bound by the shackles of your schedule. Instead, focus on those things that your conscience and your heart tells you to do. When you invest yourself and start to devote yourself in raising your mind, body and character to their highest levels, you will almost feel as if you have a personal navigator inside you telling you which things you must do to see the greatest and the most rewarding results. You will stop worrying about your clock and start living your life. Point well taken. So what is that simple sub-ritual you were about to teach me, I asked. Read regularly. Read for 30 minutes a day. Reading for 30 minutes a day will do wonders for you. But I must caution you, do not read just anything. You must be very selective about what you put into the lush garden of your mind. It must be immensely nourishing. Make it something that will improve both you and the quality of your life. What did the sages read? They spent many of their waking moments reading and rereading the ancient techniques of their ancestors. They devoured this philosophical literature. I still remember seeing these wonderful looking people seated on their little bamboo chairs reading their strangely bound books with the subtle smiles of enlightenment unfolding across their lips. It was in Shivana that I really learned the power of the book and the principle that a book is the best of best friend of the wise. So I should start reading every good book I can get my hands on. Yes and no came the reply. I would never tell you not to read as many books as you can. But remember, some books are meant to be tasted, some books are meant to be chewed, and some, and finally, some are meant to be swallowed whole. Which brings me to the another point. You feeling hungry? No, John. Julian laughed. I simply want to tell you that, you that to truly get the best out of a great book, you must study it. Not just read it. Go through it as you do when you read those contracts your big clients bring to you for your legal option. Opinion. Really consider it, work with it, become one with it. The sages who would read many of the books of wisdom in their vast library 10 or 15 times. They treated good books as scriptures, holy documents of divine and origin. Woof, reading is really that important. 30 minutes a day will make a delightful difference in your life because you will quickly start to see the vast reserves of knowledge available for your use. Every answer to every problem you have ever faced is in print. 
If you want to be a better lawyer, father, friend or lover, these are the books out there that will rocket you to those goals. All the mistakes you have ever made have been walked by people before. Do you really think that the challenges you are facing are unique to you? I never thought about it, Julian. But I see what you are saying and I know you are right. All the problems anyone has ever faced and will ever face over the course of their lifetime has already been made, Julian asserted. More importantly, the answers and solutions are all recorded on the pages of the books. Read the book, right books. Learn how those who have preceded you Proceeded, you have handled the challenges you are currently facing. Apply the strategies for success and you will be astonished by the improvements you will note in your life. What exactly are the right books? I asked, quickly realizing that Julian's point was an excellent one. I will leave that to your good judgment, my friend. Personally, since I have returned from East, I spend the better part of my days reading biographies of the men and women I have come to admire and a great deal of the wisdom literature. Any titles you could recommend to an eager young viewer, I said, flashing a broad grin. Sure, you will thrive on the biography of the great American Benjamin Franklin. I think you will also find much growth impetus from Mahatma Gandhi's autobiography entitled The Story of My Experiments with Truth. I also suggest that you read Siddhartha by Herman Hesse, the highly practical philosophy of Marcus Aurelius and some of the work of Seneca. You might even read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I read it last week and thought it was very profound. Think and Grow Rich, I exclaimed. But I thought you left all that behind you after your heart attack. I'm really sick and tired of all the make money man fast manuals that are being peddled out there by snake oil salesmen preying on the weak. Easy, big fella. I couldn't agree with you more. Offered Julian with all the warmth and patience of a wise, loving great father grandfather i too want to restore the character ethic to our society that little book is not about making a lot of money it is about making a lot of life i will be the first to tell you that there is a huge difference between well-being and being well off i have believed it and know the pain of um, money-driven life think and grow rich is about abundance including spiritual abundance and how to attract all that is good in your life you might do well to read it but i will not impress the point Sorry, Julian, I didn't mean to sound like an aggressive litigator. I offered apologetically. I guess, my, I, guess, I, I guess my temper gets the better of me sometimes. One more thing I need to improve. I really am grateful for all that you're sharing with me. No problem. Water under the bridge. My point simply is read and keep reading. Do you want to know something else interesting? What? It's not what you will get out of the books that is so enriching. It is what that books will get out of you that will ultimately change your life. You see, John, books do not actually teach you anything new. Really? Really. Books simply help you to see what is already within yourself. That's what enlightenment is all about. After all my journeying and exploring, I found that I have actually come full circle back to the point from where I started as a young boy. But now I know myself and all that I am and can be. So the ritual of abundant knowledge is all about reading and exploring the wealth of information out there. Partly. For now, read 30 minutes a day. The rest will come naturally, Julian said with a hint of mystery. Okay, what's the fifth ritual of radiant living? It is the ritual of personal reflection. The sages were firm believers in the power of inner con contemplation by taking the time to get to know yourself. You will connect to a dimension of your being that you never knew you had. Sounds pretty deep. It's actually a very practical concept. You see, we all have... Uh, 
many sleeping talents inside of you inside of us by taking the time to get to know them we kindle them however silent contemplation will deliver even more than this this practice will make you stronger more at ease with yourself and wiser it is a very rewarding use of your mind i'm still a little fuzzy on the concept julian fair enough i was also for it was also foreign to me when i first heard it boiled down to its basic form personal reflection is nothing more than the habit of thinking but don't we all think isn't that part of being human well most of us do think the problem is that most of most people think just enough to survive when i'm talking about what i'm speaking about with this ritual is thinking enough to thrive when you read benjamin franklin's biography you will see that what see what i mean every evening after a full day of productive work he would retire to a silent corner of his home and reflect on his day he would consider all of his actions and whether they were positive and constructive or whether they were of the negative sort in need of repair by clearly knowing what he was doing wrong in these days he would take immediate steps to improve and advance along the path of self mastery the sages did the same every night they would retire to the sanctuary of their huts covered by fragrant rose petals and sit in deep contemplation yogi raman would actually take a written inventory of the stay what kinds of things would be would he write down i asked first he would list all of his activities from the personal care activities of his morning to, to his high to his interactions with the other sages to his forays into the fo- forest in search of firewood and fresh food interestingly he would also write down the thoughts he had run through his mind during that particular day isn't that hard to do i can hardly remember what i thought 5 minutes ago let alone 12 hours ago not if you practice this ritual daily you see anyone can attain the kind of results i have attained anyone the real problem is that too many people suffer from that dreadful disease known as excuse excuse sure you will thrive on the biography of the great american benjamin franklin i think you will also find much growth impetus from mahatma gandhi's autobiography entitled the story of my experiments with truth i also suggest that you read siddhartha by herman hess the highly practical philosophy of marcus aurelius and some of the work of seneca you might even read think and grow rich by napoleon hill i read it last week and thought it was very profound think and grow rich i exclaimed but i thought you left all that behind you after your heart attack i'm really sick and tired of all the make money fast manuals that were that are being peddled out there by snake oil salesmen preying on the weak easy big fella i couldn't agree with you more offered julian with all the warmth and patience of a wise loving grandfather i too want to restore the character ethic to our society that little book is not about making a lot of money it is about making a lot of life i will be the first to tell you that there is that there is a huge difference between being well and well being and being well off i have lived it and known the pain of a money driven life think and grow rich is about abundance including spiritual abundance and how to attract all that is good in your life you might do well to read it but i will not impress the point will not will not press the point sorry julian i didn't mean to sound like an egg- aggressive legislator i offered apologetically i guess my temper gets the better of me sometimes one more thing i need to improve i really am grateful for all that you are sharing with me no problem what under the bridge my sim- my point simply is read and keep reading do you want to know something else interesting what it's not what you will get out of the books that is so enriching it is what the books will get out of you that is that will ultimately change your life 
You see, John, books do not actually teach you anything new. Really? Really. Books simply help you to see what is already within yourself. That's what enlightenment is all about. After all my journey, journeying and exploring, I found that I have actually come full circle back to the point from which I started as a young boy. But now I know myself and all that I am and can be. So the ritual of abundant knowledge is all about reading and exploring the wealth of information out there. Partly, for now, reading 30 minutes a day, the rest will come naturally, Julian said with a hint of mystery. Okay, what's the faith ritual of radiant living? Fifth ritual of radiant living. It's the ritual of personal reflection. The sages were firm believers in the power of inner contemplation. By taking the time to get to know yourself, you will connect to a dimension of your being that you never knew you had. Sounds pretty deep. It's actually a very practical concept. You see, we all have many sleeping talents inside of us. By taking the time to get to know them, we kindle them. However, silent contemplation will deliver even more than this. This practice will make you stronger, more at ease with yourself and wiser. It is a very rewarding use of your mind. I'm still a little fuzzy on the concept, Julian. Fair enough. It was also foreign to me when I first heard it. Boiled down to its basic form, personal reflection is nothing more than the habit of thinking. But don't we all think? Isn't that part of being human? Well, most of us do think. The problem is that most of, the, most of people think just enough to survive. When I am speaking about, what I am speaking about with this th ritual is thinking enough to thrive. When you read Benjamin Franklin's biography, you will see what I mean. Every evening, after a full day of productive work, he would retire to a silent corner of his home, reflect on his day. He would consider all of his actions and whether they were positive and constructive or whether they were of negative sort in need of repair. By clearly knowing what he was doing wrong in his days, he, he could take immediate steps to improve and advance along the path of self-mastery. The sages did the same. Every night, they would retire to the sanctuary of their huts covered by fragrant rose petals and sit in deep contemplation. Yogi Raman would actually take a written inventory of his day. What kind of things would he write down, I asked. First, he would list all of his activities from personal care activities of his morning to his interactions with the other sages to his forays into the forest in search of firewood and fresh food. Interestingly, he would also write down the thoughts he had run through his midday, mid during the mid during that particular day. Isn't that hard to do? I can hardly remember what I thought 5 minutes ago, let alone 12 hours ago. Not a few practice this ritual daily. You see, anyone can attain the kind of results I have attained. Anyone. The real problem is that too many people suffer from that dreadful disease known as excusitis. I think I might have contracted the one, contract that one in the past, I said, in full knowledge of what my wise friend was saying. Stop making excuses and just do it, Julian exclaimed. His voice resonating with the strength of conviction. Do conviction. Do what? Take the time to think. Get into the regular habit of personal introspection. Once Yogi Raman had listed all that he had done and all that he, he had thought in one column, he would then do all assessment in another column. As he was confronted by his activities and thoughts in the written form, he asked himself whether they were positive in nature. If they were, he resolved to continue giving his precious energy to them, as they would pay huge dividends in the long run. And if they were negative... Then he would come up with clear course of action to get rid of them. I think an example might help me. Can it be personal? Julian asked. Sure. I would love to know some of your innermost thoughts, I suggested. Actually, I was thinking about yours. We both giggled. We both started giggling like a couple of kids in a schoolyard. Or, all right. 
you always did get your way okay let's go through just a few of things that you did today write them down on a piece of paper on the coffee table julian instructed i started to realize that something important was about to happen this was the first time in years that i had actually taken the time to do nothing but reflect on the things i was doing and the thoughts that i was thinking it was also strange and yet so intelligent after all how could i ever hope to improve myself and my life if i hadn't even taken the time to figure out what i was supposed to improve where do i start i asked start with what you did this morning and progress through your day just hit a few of the highlights we still have a fair amount of ground to cover and i want to get back to yogi raman's fable in a few minutes fine i woke up at 6:30 to the sound of my electric roaster i joked get serious and keep joking and keep going julian replied firmly okay then i showered and shaved gobbled down a waffle and rushed off to work and what about your family they were all asleep anyway Once I got to the office I noticed that my 7:30 appointment had been waiting there since 7 and boy was he furious What was your response I fought back What was I supposed to do let him push me around okay Then what happened Well things went from bad to worse the courthouse called and told me that judge wild beast wild beast needed to see me in his chambers and if I wasn't there within 10 minutes Heads would roll. You remember Wild Beast, don't you? You were the one who nicknamed him Judge Wild Beast after he held you in contempt for parking your Ferrari in his parking spot. I recalled breaking into laughter. You would have to bring that up, wouldn't you? Julian replied, his eyes revealing the remnants of that mischievous twinkle he was once well known for. Anyway, I rushed down to the courthouse and had another argument with one of the clerks. By the time I got back to the office, there were 27 phone messages waiting for me. All marked urgent. Need I go on? Please do. Well, on the way home, Jenny called me in the car and asked me to stop by her home's mother's house and pick one of those amazing pies my mother-in-law is famous for. Problem was that when I took that exit, I found myself in the middle of a gridlock that was worse than anything I have seen in ages. So there I was in the middle of rush or traffic in 95 degree heat shaking with stress and feeling that even more time was slipping away how did you respond i cursed the traffic i said with complete honesty i was actually shouting out loud inside my car do you want to know what i said i don't think that would be kind of thing that would nourish the garden of my mind julian responded with a soft smile but it might make for good fertilizer No thanks. Maybe we should stop there. Just take a second and look at your day. Obviously, in retrospect, there are at least a few things that you would definitely would do differently if you had the chance. Obviously, like what? Well, first, in a perfect world, I would get up earlier. I don't think I'm doing myself any favors by hitting the ground running. I would like to have a little peace in the morning and ease myself into the day. The heart of the rose technique. you told me about earlier sounds like it would be fun also i really would like to have the family around the breakfast table even if only for a bowl of cereal it would give me a better sense of balance i always seem to feel that i never spend enough time with jenny and the kids but it is a perfect world and you have a perfect life you do have the power to control your day you do have the power to think good thoughts you do have the power to live your dreams julian observed his voice rising I am realizing this. I really am starting to feel that I can change. Great. Continue reflecting on your day. He instructed. Well, I wish I hadn't yelled at my client. I wish I hadn't argued with the court clerk and I wish I hadn't screamed at that traffic. The traffic doesn't care, does it? 
it just keeps on being traffic i noted i think you now see the power of the ritual of personal reflection by looking at what you are doing how you are spending your day and the thoughts you are thinking you give yourself a benchmark for measuring improvement the only way to improve tomorrow is to know what you did to what you did wrong today and come up with a clear plan so that it doesn't happen again i added precisely there is nothing wrong with making mistakes mistakes are part of life essential for growth it's like that saying happiness comes through good judgment good judgment good judgment comes through experience and experience comes through bad judgment but there is something very wrong with making the same mistakes over and over again today in and day out day in and day out this shows a complete lack of self awareness the very quality that separates humans from animals i have never heard that one before well it's true only a human being can step out of himself and analyze what he is doing right and what he is doing wrong a dog cannot do this a bird cannot do this even a monkey cannot do it but you can this is what the ritual of personal reflection is all about figure out what is right and what is wrong in your days and in your life then set about making immediate improvements lots to think about julian lots to think about i offered reflectively how about thinking about the sixth ritual for radiant living the ritual of early awakening oho i think i know what's coming one of the best pieces of advice i learned is that far off oasis of shivana was to rise with the sun and to start the day off well most of us sleep far more than we we need to the average person can get by on 6 hours and remain perfectly healthy and alert sleep is really nothing more than a habit and like any other habit you can train yourself to achieve the best results you want sleeping less in this case but if i get up too early i really do feel exhausted i said for the first few days you feel very tired i'll freely admit this you might even feel this way for the first week of getting up nice and early please see this as a small measure of short term pain for a long term measure of for a large measure of long term gain you will always feel a little discomfort when you are installing a new habit it's sort of like breaking in a new pair of shoes at first it's a little hard to wear them but soon they will fit like a glove as i told you earlier pain is often the precursor to personal growth don't dread it instead embrace it okay i like the idea of training myself to get up earlier first let me ask you what does early mean Another fine question. There's no ideal time. Just like everything else I have shared with you so far, do what is right for you. Remember Yogi Raman's admonishment: nothing to extremes, everything in moderation. Getting up to the sun sounds extreme. Actually it isn't. There are few things more natural than rising with the glory of the first rays of a new day. The sages believed that sunshine was a gift from heaven and while they were carefully while they were careful not to overexpose themselves they regularly had sun baths and often could be sun dancing playfully in the early morning sunshine I firmly believe that this was another key to their extraordinary longevity Ryu San Dae I asked absolutely the sun rejuvenates me when i grow tired it keeps my mood bright in the ancient culture of the east the sun was thought to be a connection to the soul people worshiped it as it allowed their crops to flourish along with their spirits sunlight with will release your vitality and restore your emotional and physical vibrancy it is a delightful physician when visited in moderation of course alas i digress the point is to get up early every day hmm how do i build this ritual into my routine here are a couple of quick tips 
first never forget that it is the quality and not the quantity of sleep that is important it is better to have a 6 hours of uninterrupted deep sleep than even 10 hours of disturbed sleep the whole idea is to provide your body with rest so that its natural process process can repair and restore your physical dimension to its natural state of health a state that is diminished through the stress and struggles of daily use many of the habits of the sages are based on the principle that one must strive for quality rest rather than quantity sleep for example yogi raman would never eat after 8 pm he said that the digestive activity it induced would reduce the quality of his sleep another example was the sages habit of meditating to the soft sounds of their harp immediately before heading off to sleep what was the reason behind this